You're listening to Sandwich Talk with our guests today, Benyol Simmonson and Dan Fisk. Hello, you alright? Sandwich Talk. Start it off with some sandwich news. Uh, ben, do you want to describe the news story that we have? The news story? Well, yeah. So this is about uh, Taken star Liam Neeson. Oh yeah, gotta love Neil, Liam Neeson. Neil, Neil Meeson. Neil Meeson. Neil Meeson. As he used to be known. We found out he's been a bit cheeky. So in spite of his sort of fame and status, and, you know, he's clearly a rich man, he's been, uh, he's been taken up, he's taken up an offer. He's taken up an offer. He's, ta- he's taken, that's the key word. <laughs> taken he's... an offer for a free sandwich in a restaurant. Yeah, a it was, um, it was the Big Star Sandwich Company in Vancouver unwittingly put up a sign, you might say a sandwich board, that said, come in and get taken away by our sandwiches, Liam Neeson eats here for free. And then, without them planning it or expecting it, Liam Neeson comes into the shop and <laughs> says, where's my free sandwich? Or presumably does some kind of voice like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he's a bit more, I don't know, Scottish or whatever he is. Yeah. Not that Scottish. Well, where's Liam Neeson from? He's from, is he Scottish? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, he got a free sandwich. Uh, so Liam Neeson, despite stardom, still eats sandwiches just like the rest of us. I respect that. Yeah. I respect it a great deal. Maybe he's got, like, gold-plated quail eggs in it or something. You never oh, know. Boy. Maybe. Maybe there's a stardom sandwich. Can you, imagine, can you imagine what a power move it would have been if they'd refused him a sandwich? Oh, my goodness. It would have been a statement. It would have made a billboard and a half to put yeah. outside. What Liam Neeson does not eat here for yeah. free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only that's the only relatively recent sandwich news I could find, and that happened uh, about a couple of weeks ago. Not that bad. Uh, so we do keep up to date on this show. Uh, so that's that's the sandwich news. Sandwich news. Okay, so you two boys have brought a sandwich of the week, mm-hmm. each of you, to discuss. Uh, Dan, would you like to introduce yours? Oh, yes. Uh, I've got a sort of classic. I don't know if you know this, but I'm, I'm half Danish. Uh, whoa, I've whoa, mentioned whoa. it once or twice before. So scandy. I was, bur- I was born there. That is scandalous. And so this sandwich, um, it's not your normal rubbish English sandwich. Which it's it's, now, now. it's, it's, a, it's a, a traditional. It goes back to the. You have Vikings. a list of ingredients here. You've no. You've you've done your research. <laughs> I've, I've done my research. Now, talking about the Vikings, I went to a, a living museum of the Vikings one time. Were they alive? And no, it was like they were keeping up traditions and uh, things okay, like that. So, yeah. And they said that the Vikings made when they made bread, they would make flatbread and they would put blood in it to make it more nutritious. And so you have this, like, black-red... Gotta get that iron! You have these, like, blacky-red discs of bread on a string that you eat. Sounds like salami. It sounds like... (laughs) To be honest, it sounds like the kind of thing the Vikings would do. And they have the audacity to call it bread. (laughs) Well, I mean, they didn't call it bread. They called it, like, who knows what. Like... Bread shop. Like, yeah, I don't know. Burly, burly bread and blood. The, yeah, that is yeah. that actual Danish? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so t- anyway, that was just a fact I had. Yeah. Tell us about your sandwiches. Well, it's a, a staple Danish food to stick on rye bread, almost. We say rubo. Rubo. I've, I've uh, had a lot of that in my yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. And um, my the good thing about it. Danish sandwiches is that you the filling to sandwich ratio is off the charts. Like, you oh, have so that's what much I love. filling. 
and then like a tiny bit like the bread's dry but it's meant to be because yeah, the see, filling is really nice and moist i really see, like I, a nice I moist think filling that sometimes sandwiches have too much bread for too little filling especially yes. like a jam english sandwiches like it's like i go and get a meal deal yeah and it's like oh, i'll get a get like a plowman or something yeah. and <laughs> it's it's the bread's dry and there's too much of it and i just end up it's like i really need a drink of water yeah. whereas even with after this it's and then perfect. when you've had your water, you want more sandwich. Well, you don't exactly. want to take a plowman. It's just marketing. You, know? you don't want to take a plowman dry, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. But uh, um, uh, you know, it's a sort of seems consumerism. You know, like eat a sandwich, you need a drink, but you need another sandwich, you need to eat a drink, and you know, before you know it, you're dead. And um, <laughs> but anyway, back to the sandwich. Yes. So, sil is pickled fish or herring or oh, marinated boy. herring. Oh boy. And. There's a, a particular type. Is, is the herring cooked before it's marinated, or is it just thrown in there and? I don't think it is. Left for years. Well, it's not left for years. Like the way you like marinate or pickle it something. It will be very. Basically... It will be very Danish if it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. That's... No, no that, that's Iceland where they leave the rotting shark. Yeah, and yeah. That well, Norway, Norway awful. as well. Norway. Norway, yeah, and that, they dry their fish. That is that's not nice. <laughs> um, but um, basically, when you pickle something, you basically just remove all the liquid and replace it with vinegar. With other um, liquid. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and um, so there's different versions. You can have it with uh, like mayonnaise on, but my favourite one is having it's, it's called curry. Um, it's not like Indian curry. <laughs> I, I, the, there's no way of describing it. It's yellow and it's really nice and it's got loads of onion in it. And it's called kai, kai sil. Sil yeah. is the fish so and kai curried, is the curry. So curried pickled fish. Herring, yeah. Curried pickled herring on rye bread. Anything else? Uh, on, on rye bread. And then um, that. And then you also have um, oh, remolera. Oh, yeah. Remolera with it, which What's is rem- like... Um, it's It's hard to describe. We, we're kind of... We're kind of being hit in the face with all of Danish culture here, aren't we? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't like the sound of it, quite frankly. <laughs> well, it's 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 um, Wrong an acquired taste. Um, what is remoulade? Re- remoulade is is it's this yellow stuff <laughs> that tastes really nice. Is it called curry as well, Dan? No, <laughs> I have no idea how to make it. Um, it's, it probably has mayonnaise in it, <laughs> among <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> And it's sort of like so, clumpy. So you've got you've got curried but not curry fish with yellow something that maybe has mayonnaise in. And then everything is pickled on top of rye bread. On top of like a thin is, slice is of the rye, rye bread. Is the rye bread pickled as well? <laughs> no, um, but it could be. You could make pickled sandwiches, couldn't you? Instead of instead of like putting could pickles you? in your burger, you just put like. Wouldn't the sandwich just disintegrate? You just get a soggy, crusty horrible mess yeah you just pickle the whole yeah. burger Ugh. and and anyway with this with this kaisil go on tell us some facts sandwich about it. um it's you you do have it all year round but you particularly have it at like easter and christmas mm-hmm. and it's 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 a religious sandwich then oh i don't know about that you don't feel a deep spiritual connection to the I, sandwich? I, I think they just i have feel it, a deep spiritual i think they just have it more sandwiches. as an excuse because it's not exactly very healthy but it's <laughs> <laughs> and you know you eat it it's nice open top sandwiches i think yeah. are the best sandwiches i mean you eat it with a knife and fork you can have a sandwich as like a meal. So you're you are certain then that an open faced sandwich is a sandwich? Oh without a doubt. Without a doubt, right. Because there is there are those who would say that you have to be sandwiching something to create a sandwich. Yeah, I'd stick to that philosophy. <sighs> oh, well, so what about pizza then, Dan? Would you say a pizza is an open top sandwich? Well, pizza the, the original um, the origin of pizza was kind of basically the origin of the sandwich is you take bread and you put on um, is it fish that used to be on pizza? You'd put on like, so, yeah. yeah, you'd put on fish and other ingredients, 
and eat it on a flatbread, and then it evolved into the kind of cooked pizza that we know today. Mm. It's certainly very closely tied in to the family of sandwiches. Well, as as biologists, we could probably do a little phylogeny for the. Yes, I think that would be quite nice. Actually, you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be way up on that. See the Danish <laughs> ones way up to the right there. <laughs> We could do that, uh, well, we could do that for a later section in the show, or yeah. we could do it later on after we've done recording. Ooh, indeed. Uh, is, you said all you want to about this? Well, uh, um, this I mean, sil- with, with it being open top, I mean, if it's not a sandwich, what is it? Like, I mean... Bread, I, I, with, bread with food on. <laughs> I think that's a sandwich. Mm. But, uh, and it's, it's, it's lovely, it's, it's a sharp taste. Yeah. And it's... it's I'm sure it's very sharp. Oh, it gives a kick, and then it's 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 just amazing. Nice. Yeah. So you presumably believe that your sandwich of the week is better, Ben? Well, firstly, I believe it's an actual sandwich. It has a lid. Oh boy! Oh that's, boy! That's Here we go. Thing. I'm because I'm British. I can't really take inspiration from British food culture because it's it's really not quite bad. It's not great. So I've sort of taken inspiration from the Italians for my sandwich of the week. Are you going to bring out a pizza for this? <laughs> no, not quite. It's more of a well, it's a toasty. So, okay, an Italian oh, toast. You take you take your bottom half. Yeah. You spread it with pesto. Okay. Yep. This sounds good. This sounds good. Yeah. Mozzarella on top of that. Yep. Then like fresh or dried basil. Top yep. of that. Then throw it in the oven, turn it into uh, a pizza. Bam! Yeah. You've got a pizza. See, that's where Dan might go. You sound, it sounds like a calzone to me. <laughs> right, so on top of your pesto and your mozzarella, finely sliced tomatoes. Is the mozzarella grated or is it chunk like lumps of mozzarella? Uh, well, great, you can get some more even coverage, but... But you, it's it's better to have that full mozzarella, isn't it? It is. It, it tastes it's better, nicer. but then you use more mozzarella. So it depends how skimpy you're being. Yeah. So, uh, what was on top of the mozzarella? Tomato? Top of the mozzarella. Yeah, sliced tomatoes. Yes. And then you take the other half of the bread, mm-hmm. pesto that right up, mm-hmm. slap them together. This is the important bit. They go together, so you have a sandwich rather than two <laughs> halves of a sandwich. And, and then how do you yeah. toast it? Oh, uh, well... If, in you a have, if you have one of those George Perhaps. Foreman grills, you know, go for that. Oh, boy. Or, or a jaffle maker. A jaffle maker, yeah. Yeah, traditional toasty maker, anything like that. I use toasty bags there. Oh, I love toasty bags, they're actually. Fabulous. I've plugged them on the show before. They're really, they're cheap, and they're really convenient. And you don't even have to clean them, really. You just shake them out. Yeah, yeah. So they say their dishwasher's safe, but that's misleading, because if you put them in the dishwasher, they'll flap all around like a sail, and they'll end up who knows where, <laughs> uh, inside of who knows what. <laughs> Um, but it's it's easy to clean them out. You just shake them, yeah, or rinse them if you want to. Uh, so how do you do? You feel a connection to this sandwich, or well, do you just like it? It's got me through a lot of sort of breaks between breakfast and lunch, lunch and dinner. Those difficult times. They can be, yeah. They can be troubling. <laughs> so you would go for this sandwich between breakfast and lunch, or lunch and dinner. Both. Would you ever consider eating it for lunch? Yeah, and no, I have many a time. What okay. about before lunch, lunch, and post-lunch? Well, that kind of slurs into all What about What lunch. about in between? So if you mm. have a different sandwich in between breakfast and lunch, and you're getting a bit peckish, but it's not lunchtime yet, would you consider having this sandwich? I would. Well, if the different sandwich was like a jam sandwich, that counts as pudding for the first sandwich. Yeah. Oh, does it not? As a jam sandwich pudding. If you were uh, no, sandwich. You in a restaurant and you saw on the, saw on the dessert a, fancy a jam, jam sandwich. sandwich. What if it's a fancy jam sandwich? Now, on the level of sandwiches, yes. a jam sandwich is a dessert for a sandwich. Yeah, that's what I'd it's say. Not a, it's sandwich not a sandwich isn't, isn't, isn't like a course, is it? No, but if, if we're talking about sandwiches as a course for my lunch, you know, what, what, which we were, jam sandwiches... I think jam sandwiches are more dessert Also, like I'd like to argue that, you know, like an open sandwich is more of a sandwich than your sandwich. 
Because um, you've got less of a sandwich. Are How you going for a kind of... Right, if you look at it in the context of a restaurant, right, you go along and you say, oh, it's like, oh, an open-top sandwich. Yes, I'll have the sandwich. Whereas if you're like, oh, yes, I'll have the uh, pesto, mozzarella and tomato sandwich, <laughs> and they came up with a toasty, you'd be like, this is a toasty. Yeah, but I would Not never a go to a restaurant and say, I'd like a sandwich, but hold the second slice. I'm not that hungry today. Like, is that no, what you do? you do? You hold the second slice and you do it twice as much filling. Mm. So, which means twice as much flavour. You're really into this top, filling the bread ratio, aren't you, Dan? I'm, I'm a, I like being filled. Is it still called, <laughs> is it still called filling if it's on the top? You've got to really stuff it in there for a sandwich. Mm. That's a good question. What, what would you say of sandwiches that are made of, say, a single baguette that is then hollowed out with yeah. stuff put in it? Because that's one piece of bread, but it's still on two that sides. That entices and slightly arouses me. Ah, I see. Well, let's end the Sandwich of the Week section on that uh, discovery about that. <laughs> so, moving on from that bombshell, as it were, uh, we're going to go into a section uh, by Ben Fisk about gluten-free food, uh, and we've decided to call it gluten-free gluttony because that describes most of his eating habits. Ben, uh, tell... Okay, I'm going to ask you... About how much bread you eat every day. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, Tell me. It depends on the day. So, uh, the food in halls is What's kind of... the range? What's the average? Say? Average, half a loaf. Half a loaf of bread per day. Yeah. Is, now, is, is I that eat probably... over what period? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of binge on my bread. So, I exclusively eat it after midnight, and I'll have about eight or nine slices, and then maybe call it a night. Eight or nine slices of bread you sleep? Uh, kind of, yeah. That's you can't sleep on an empty stomach, can you? Well, now, ex ex so explain to us the reason why you have so much bread, because it's to do with the fact that you eat gluten-free. Like... Well, this is, this is the thing, right? So if you're a celiac, yes. you can get gluten-free prescriptions. Celiac is quite a nice word. So, yeah, like a celeriac. So as a celiac, you get prescription bread, don't you? Yeah, which I think it's a bit... You know, a bit of a waste of money on the NHS, but still, it's offered, <laughs> so I'll take it. They offer gluten-free prescriptions of all the basic stuff you need, so flour, bread, uh, pasta. And the only trouble is, in Oxford, when you get bread, you get it eight loaves at a time with no other options. <laughs> and there's no freezer here either. No, we have a tiny fridge, no freezer. Uh, is that why you're inclined to eat so much? Yeah, I relish the challenge. So how <laughs> often do you pick up your prescription of gluten-free bread? Uh, once every couple of weeks, or...? Yeah, yeah, once every few weeks. The trouble so, is, it doesn't so last you, long, so yeah. you sort of binge for a few days. And then leave it. How do you so pick that, could be, that could be a new diet. That sounds yeah, like a diet yeah. fad, where you eat eight loaves of bread in three days and then don't eat anything. Yeah, forget eight five loaves of bread in three days. How many calories is that in three days? What is it? It's like... It's 530, I think, per, per loaf. Oh, that's not so bad. Isn't it? Not too bad. I've, I've, oh, I've got a packet here. So oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go. So per 100 grams, we're looking at 277 calories, and it's, and it's 535 grams. It's a lot more than 500 calories. That's about, that's about 1,000 calories. There. That's 1,000 calories. So over three days, 8,000 calories. <laughs> I was kidding myself for a long time about that. It's not three days, though, really. It's, no, like, no, no. it's like more like a couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't eat eight loaves in a three days. <laughs> no, no, but you do <laughs> often eat one loaf in one day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not a biologist, and you guys are. Can mm -hmm. you, Dan, can you tell me, is this healthy? Um, I'm going to ask you the same question, Dan. Well, 
if you are developing rhinoceros, <laughs> then possibly. <laughs> um, but even then, the calorie intake might be a bit much. Whereas for Fisk, I mean, I know he's pretty lanky, and you know he's he's got some stature to him in the in the well in altitude anyway. <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure he quite needs a thousand calorie lunch because you know I don't think he really needs. Well, he might need them those gains, but um, I I would if I was advising someone, I'd say yeah, probably not. So uh, Ben, how do you do? You think your thousand calorie lunches are healthy? I don't think it's a problem. I'm not particularly at risk of becoming massively overweight yet. No, Ooh, bad yeah. habits. Oh, well, well, you are of... quite an athletic Dan, boy. Dan reminds me almost every day of how lanky I am, and that encourages me to eat more, if anything. Ah, I see. I see. Um, it's like shaming him. Yeah, he <laughs> shames me for my body because he's <laughs> secretly jealous. And it just it just makes you go into a downward spiral of bread eating. <laughs> bread eating. Yeah. Can you can you it's tell depressing. me a little bit about um, the difference between gluten-free bread and bread with gluten, apart from the fact that it has gluten in. Well, the first difference is uh, gluten-free bread has gluten in. Yes. Um, How do they make it gluten-free compared to other bread? So... Because well, I don't know gluten science. I've got the ingredients here. So they use maize starch as one of the main ingredients. Oh. Potato starch. And this That's particular loaf has some mixed seeds in it. But So, so we're talking about... You're basically eating a thousand calories of potatoes a day. Of solid starch. Solid starch. Pure starch. What does gluten do in a in bread? Yeah. What does gluten oh, it, do? It provides the elasticity. Mm. So if you're rising your bread and you have the yeast sort so, of fermenting away, the bubbles get trapped and it stretches out the gluten to give. Um, give and what happens? And if there's no gluten, it just doesn't. It kind of goes flat, like Dan's Danish flatbreads. Ah, I see. I see. Uh, so, w what's your gluten-free bread like? Is it is it more crumbly than normal bread? Or? Yeah, it has a tendency to fall apart, but it's got a lot better in recent see, years because of the sort of diet fats. You, I wonder if this may be. Um, I wonder if they, this may contribute to your fear of open sandwiches. Is that you need extra structural support? That might be it. On account of using I think it's to try and bread. meet his prescription. <laughs> ah, I see, Double I see. Double up on the bread. I mean, yeah. you could always put two slices of bread on the bottom. But I would never But there would be it. no reason for that. No. I would never risk a single slice of bread with a heavily weighted topping, because mm. it would just end in disaster. Well, for that's you, That's why you would. eat it with a knife and fork. Oh, that's just... That goes against what a sandwich is supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, isn't the whole idea of a sandwich is that you don't need to use a knife and fork? I think this is a separate origin. No! of a sandwich. So, I, I have to say, the open sandwich, it's not something that's... It's not like... A corruption of the sandwich. I think mm. the original sandwiches were mostly sort of open or half open because the original idea of the sandwich was to take a piece of bread, maybe a flatbread, mm. take some meat and use the bread to grab the meat, which isn't really an open sandwich, but it's not really a full sandwich either. Um, so I think maybe we've tended to more towards the traditional structure of the sandwich over time, and that's pushed the open sandwich out of the frame for us. Uh, well, we can discuss this in, in the sandwich debate section anyway. Uh, it was really interesting hearing about your gluten-free bread and the sheer immensity of how much bread you eat every day. Thank you, Jonathan. I'm, I'm glad I've sort of come clean about this. You eat a lot of bread for celiac. So, on to a new section of the show, which is a new game. Uh, and we kind of just thought of it just now. Uh, and the idea is, it's sandwich facts. It's a sort of would I lie to you ask thing mm. with sandwiches. 
because when we finished the sandwich news section, Dan was like, you've not got much news, maybe you should put in some fake news. And I said, you know, these listeners fake take this... News. The listeners take this show very... Is that Donald Trump? The listeners take this show very seriously. <laughs> um, and we can't put fake news in the actual news section, but we could put fake facts in the sandwich facts section. So I'm going to read out some sandwich facts, and you two uh, have to tell me whether or not you think they're true, and then I'll reveal it to you. Ooh. So, are we ready to go? More than ready. So my first sandwich fact is that uh, in 2007, a man in Ohio tried to break a Guinness World Record, or create a new Guinness World Record, rather, by making a house out of sandwiches, but it fell over before Guinness could get there. The whole thing just collapsed. This is, uh, oh, wow. I don't know. I feel like Guinness would kind of be there for half of the building process. Maybe. Mm. You think you'd have one? Oh, I don't know. I mean, what if their, you know, their plane was late or their I think, train yeah, was I think late. he didn't really tell people about it until he was <laughs> mostly, <laughs> he mostly finished it. He didn't, like, want, he didn't want swarms of people coming along <laughs> eating, eating, his the house. eating the sandwiches. <laughs> eating his, eating his love child of a sandwich yeah. house. It's the sort of thing that's not impressive enough to tell people about until you're sure you're going to succeed. Yes, because what if it had fallen? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. apparently it did. Yeah, well, yes. Do you, yes. Reckon, do you reckon it started? It was like down the pub or something. It was like, you know, <laughs> I, I will make a sandwich out. I will. Well, no, you won't, Dave. That's an interesting voice given that this is from, like, America. But, you know. Oh, the... You... Yeah, don't, don't bother. Don't bother. <laughs> we will build a sandwich house. It's going to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do you think of the technicalities of this one? Does it sound realistic? Um, well, it depends what sort of sandwiches you're talking about. I mean... I don't think you could build a sandwich wall much higher than about a metre before mm. falling over. I well, think... have you tried? You have a lot of bread. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much have a sandwich wall after each prescription, but um, I don't think it's true, because by the time you've built up your first sort of wall or two, it's going to start decaying at the bottom. I, I feel, so yeah, I feel like it was a sort of... Um... It was a sort of James May Lego house type thing where yeah. he actually had a structure that he was building on. Ah, ah so he was, mm. I mean, that's I mean, possible, if he was building right? around a framework, it's possible. Well, but then again, if he builds around a framework, is it really? A what did he use house? for the framework? Like breadsticks or something? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have thought actual building materials, but I don't know. I didn't look into this one a great deal. So if I covered my house in sandwiches, could would I get count? the Guinness World Record? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, no one else has it because his fell over. But, I mean, I could just... Why go for that one? Couldn't you just go for the Guinness World Record of the house covered in yeah. the most sandwiches? The you know, clad house. Okay, yeah. so I'll tell you the worst thing about looking this one up was seeing the photos of the house the day after it fell <laughs> over when it had rained during the night. <laughs> so you're making it sound very true now. <laughs> so, what do you think? I'm going to have to ask you two for a verdict. Oh, I'm I'm swaying towards the truth. I am after Jonathan just added that little detail. About the <laughs> but then again, he's a very sneaky. He's boy. a devious, I'm devious a sneaky boy. Oh, uh, I'm gonna, we're gonna go true. Yeah, go true. Well, it was absolutely false. Oh, no you, element of it was oh, true. Oh, you duped us. I didn't even use anything that Damn was even you. like a true fact to make this up. Uh, the next one is about the Royal Society of Chemistry. All right. Ooh, I feel cheated after that. Yeah, well, you'll feel cheated after this one as well, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> the Royal Society of Chemistry uh, offered, or rather is currently offering, because I don't think anyone took it up, they offered a £200 prize to anyone who can make a more economical meal than the toast sandwich. 
So they did the toast sandwich. Is we've talked about it on the show before. It originally appeared in a historical cookbook that's really popular. Um, misses something rather than home recipes. I've forgotten it now. And the RSC was doing a kind of audit of um, meals, really cheap meals, and which ones offer you the most nutritional value for the least money. And they found out that noodles at eight p is good, but it's not quite as good as a toast sandwich, which will cost you 7.5p to make. Mm. And they consider it a meal. And they're offering £200 to anyone who can right. be that. Well, I am either going to call it you false or get that £200. <laughs> because, you see, it's something are you very, going to, are you going to very obvious. Oh, oh, no. no. Oh, you no. see, it's a toast. <laughs> sandwich. Whereas I'd like to argue it would be much more economical if it was just a sandwich well, without it being toasted. No, no, that's the thing. It's a slice of toast in between two yeah, slices of bread. Toast. What? That's a toast sandwich. Well, why not just have a bread in between two slices of bread? Have a bread sandwich. Surely the oh, cost of toasting is going to I suppose, I, I suppose they didn't meal. take into account the power, the energy cost, yeah, did they? Yeah. Think of that electricity. That's it. And there, like, I've, I saw a video of this, uh, I think it was an Olympic cyclist, yeah. trying to power up a toaster. He was probably going, hell forever, and he, he like, slightly browned a bit of bread. I can tell that, that I've angered it. you with this one. Might I suggest that a more economical meal than the toast sandwich would be an open toast sandwich where you just have a slice of toast <laughs> on top of a single slice of bread. Oh, that's, in that's, line with your Danish value. It's that's wrong though, because that increases the ratio of toast to bread. Oh, so you're getting effect. you're putting in more toasting to get that. You'd, you'd be better eating for a loaf of bread with a bit of toast <laughs> in the middle. I would also like to you argue. Would, you would always eat through a loaf of bread, no matter <laughs> how, the condition. How is that a meal? How is Cooked bread. They between are, bread, the RFC, a meal. The RFC considers it a meal, and not only that, I, but they consider it the best meal. Now I know for pretty much for a fact that all you need to survive is toast with baked beans and a tangerine, and then that will cover pretty much all of your nutritional needs. <laughs> yeah, but that needs. might cost you more than seven point five p. Well, I think the other ones. I think that's a meal. I don't Do you think only eat toast, baked beans, and tangerines? That's all I eat. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Nothing else. Well, he only eats bread. So. He scrapes moss off of the walls of churches. <laughs> okay, guys. Do you think? <laughs> what? Do you think that the RSC is really this so stupid as to not consider not toasting you know, bread? I, yes, I do. I think they are. I, I, it's a. It's a. It's an in, in, institution that that don't got, like chemists. Got their, I want to know. Yeah, head head up somewhere, and they're 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 thinking about all, all that cash. And there's loads of people probably coming up with far more economical sandwiches, but I'm like, no, I'm not, I, it's what not I would say is that from the from the Royal Society of Chemistry, two hundred pounds is a measly price. I want that, to know, especially what, when what you're probably going to make a fortune from the 0.5p you say for inventing a seven p meal. But Jonathan, yeah. what are the chemists doing, dabbling in this home economics? Surely it would be like, don't they have anything uh, better to yeah, do. Surely someone else would be offering. I think I think it's not about the science. I think it's about the actual chemists trying to find the cheapest meal they possibly yeah. can <laughs> to, to, to afford their PhDs. To afford their PhDs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, true or false? I, I think it's true. I think it's false. Oh, and I'm going to get two hundred pounds. Okay, so you think it's true, Dan? Yeah. You think it's I think false, it's false on the premises that it's not. Dan's being a lot louder. Who are you going to... Who, which which are you deciding? You need to do this together. Or we could do we could do it separately. We could score it. Yeah, let's... I'm going to go false. So you say false. Yeah, indeed. I'm going to go true based on principle. So you say true and you say false. Uh, it is, in fact, true. The RSC oh, is in. offering... Wait. You, you said, said false. false. 
I said true. I no, said you true. said false. You said false. I said false. You said false. Did I? At the last minute, we you did. to the last minute. Okay. Oh, I, I, I swindled you. <laughs> you got swindled. Is that okay. the whole... Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. So, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Canapen. So you both got zero points for the first round. Yes. For the second round, Ben got one point and Dan got zero points. I mentally points. got a point. Okay. <laughs> now there's five of these, so we should probably get a move on. Are we still doing it side by side, like in tandem, or are we... Yeah, well, you're still t- tandem. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tanimania, like and follow. <laughs> We're still, uh, you guys are still talking about it, but it's competitive now. Oh, okay. So, the third fact is that the official meal of the city of Oxford is a sandwich. Yeah, well, tailors are everywhere, aren't they? I, yeah, I, I mean, I think that. I think it came before tailors. What sandwich? Um, Probably partridge and quail. Uh, <laughs> avocado and quinoa. <laughs> avocado and quinoa. Avocado and quinoa are quite a new thing, though. Like, Oxford wouldn't be yeah. going for that. Yeah. Well, avocado is probably like a... I think it's just generally a Roast peasant sandwich. Roast peasant. An academia sandwich. Maybe it's a toast sandwich, given that all of the people here are academics I, and probably I don't have money to spend on those. <laughs> Finely diced vagabond. Finely diced vagabond. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Um... Yeah, so I was looking this up. I, I, it's like the different sources are slightly different on what sandwich it is, um, but it's it's a, it's sandwiches basically. Yeah, I mean that makes Just sense. Sandwiches. Well, sandwiches are a very studenty thing, as we've seen how you know. Yeah. Cost cost efficient. Yeah, they are. but not here. I mean, a lot of people are catered. Oh come on! Well, you've got press. You've got press. You've got tailors. Press. Come I'm on. Not a fan. Well, whether or not you're a fan, a lot of people here are. Yeah, that's true. In fact, there's two prats on one street. I know, it's ridiculous. Mm. You get one, you finish it, you get the other, it's like, oh, I'll have another one. Yeah, it, it, that's the length of... They've perfectly calculated <laughs> yes. it. So that the walk between one prat and another is the amount of time it is takes it, to is eat that, a prat it's, it's a new, It's a new measure. Yeah, the plus, plus the amount the of time effect. it sa- takes to put up an Instagram of you with the <laughs> prat sandwich. I think I think the other press in like the oldest house in Oxford. Yes. Yeah. So see that ingrained in our culture. Yes. The oldest. The house oldest in house in Oxford. Then they let them build build a Pret-a-Manger. Which is why I think it's true. That the Shocking. So you think it's true? I'm gonna go false. Dan, you think it's false? It is false. Oh, so you well, are now even with one point. Even each. fields. Yep. It's an even field. It's an even playing field. Level pegging. Okay. So the next fact is that the United Kingdom eats. Six chicken sandwiches per second, <laughs> collectively. Oh, I'd just like to point out that we're currently next door to Ryan's room. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan actually does eat six chickens a, se- a second. No so one else in the UK does, does. He doesn't normally hinder himself with the bread, so that doesn't count. I oh, feel yeah, like yeah. this is probably true, unless you've been sneaky, and the real fact is more like five It's like seven, and it's you, six and a half. Pass, yeah. Um, it's a screwball. Right? Six a second. Six per second. So, you know, that's... Is that a, six, is that a whole chicken a second? Probably. Since we've been doing this podcast, that's already a, a lot of dead chickens. That's, what's that? 30 times 60 times 6. Uh, well, that's a lot of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of chickens. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, the UK eats lots of chicken sandwiches. I mean, there's there's lots of chicken sandwiches even in Paul here. You see, here. this is interesting because we're both... Well, I'm an attempted vegetarian. <laughs> And I'm you're, an actual vegetarian. You're an actual vegetarian. Who eats actual sandwiches. So you guys aren't eating these six sandwiches. So, so I, I, mean, I, I can't say that I do in fact eat 
I eat many six, chicken sandwiches. I eat six chicken sandwiches per second. Well, then what? it's false then, isn't it? Because I know the Ryan <laughs> eats a similar amount, and that tops it over six. I, I, I think we, I think we reached a conclusion here. Completely false. False. Yeah. Yep. False. False. false news. Uh, it's, it's true, Take of course. Uh, you both have one point each out of four facts. So now it's the chance for you to re- redeem yourself, and it's the chance for one of you to win. Ooh. Um, a sandwich? Is there a prize? Yeah. There's no prize. Uh, what you about can have, a hearty you can have a piece handshake? of chocolate if you want. To. I've lost oh, interest. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a hearty handshake you. if you win. Oh. So, the fifth and final fact in the sandwich facts uh, game for today is that the world's smallest capital... Uh, now, this is according to Wikipedia. The world's smallest capital city is in a place that is named after the Earl of Sandwich. Oh. Yes. Well, I know Sandwich is a place. Mm. Yeah. Because there's like Kent Sandwich Alexander. University. Sandwich Kent. Sandwich and there's, Kent. There's, there's Sandwich Kent and there's also Sandwich in mm, Massachusetts, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think there is one in Massachusetts. Um, hmm. But neither of those are going to be the world's smallest capital, are they? Because neither of them are capital cities. No, but what? So the guy named the country... It's named after the Earl of Sandwich. I don't know if he had anything to do with it. Well, I guess he was quite an important guy. Did he invent the sandwich? Was it named after him? Well, it was named after him, yes. Uh, There there are kind of conflicting reports on who invented the sandwich, but he... Mm. There's this story of him gambling. He doesn't want to use a knife and fork because that'll slow him down. So he says, go and get me meat between two pieces of bread... Uh, and from there on, there on, it was called a sandwich. Exactly. Oh, fantastic. So a man important enough to just order yep. meat on the spot is probably going to be important enough to name a country. Or I mean, what, what did he do? What was his profession? Was he, he was an earl. He was an earl. He was a gambling man. A gambling man. man. A gambling a man. man. Yeah. So maybe he put a lot of money into the capital. Um, Possibly. Because that, that's how it could be named after him. Well, what old. do you guys think? I'm going to go... I think it's true. I'm going to say false, just because otherwise it's a tie. So, we gotta, we got to find out. You're poised for that handshake. So poised. Well, it is, in fact, Oh, yes. Oh, Dan wins what a handshake. with two points. Ben, wi- ben loses, ben, sorry. Ben wins? <laughs> with one point. You both had five facts. And if you just got it randomly, if you just gone random, you would have won, you would probably have gotten, you would have got an average of 2.5. Mm. And you got one. See, I defy the And you got two. So I'm, I'm I can near tell the you average. About, I can tell you about this sandwich capital, though. Oh, yeah. So uh, the smallest official capital in the world is South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands, oh. which uh, is quite near Antarctica. And there are 18 people who live there. Wow. Did he, did he buy the island? I don't know what he's got to do with the island. If I'd known the name of the island... That yeah, South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands. <laughs> the Sandwich 18, Islands. 18 people in a capital city. Do they only live off sandwiches? Aren't uh, they well, sandwiches? Well, they're scientific researchers, so they probably live on uh, toast sandwiches. Are they sandwiches. chemists? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if they're chemists, then they definitely live yeah. on toast sandwiches. Pesky <laughs> 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 yeah, chemists. I, I, I'm genuinely someday I'm infuriated gonna do by it. Someday I'm going to do a show with me and a biologist and a chemist, and we'll sort this all out. Yes. Um... So that's that's an interesting sandwich fact. If you guys, that both. is very interesting. Yeah. So to recap on the real facts that we had, it was the smallest world capital is the South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands, which has eighteen people in. Uh, the United Kingdom eats six chicken sandwiches per second. That is true, and the Royal Society of Chemistry has offered two hundred pounds to anyone who can find a meal more economical than the toast sandwich, <laughs> which Dan is shortly going to claim. <laughs> Now, you guys have been sort of 
this has been a very competitive show, I think. Mm. You guys have been sort of at, odd, at odds with each other for the whole, for the whole like half an hour so far. Um, so I want to introduce a little harmony. No, not at all. Oh. I want to ramp up the conflict by having a sandwich debate between the two of you. Uh, uh, the debate is going to be whether or not an open-faced sandwich counts as a sandwich. <laughs> And, I mean, which side do you guys want to defend for? Do you want to defend the well, sides I, that you actually believe in, I or do you want to mix it up? I want no. to defend the top and bottom side. I'm mm-hmm. going to defend the the original sandwich. Okay. I said it. The okay. open top sandwich. Okay, so this house believes that the open top sandwich is a sandwich. Uh, Dan, speech in proposition? Yes, thank you. Well, the open top sandwich has been around for much longer than the top and bottom sandwich. In fact, it was started with rye bread in the Viking, with the Vikings, and it started with with the with fish, and they needed something to put the fish on in order to actually be able to eat it off of a clean surface. So they would... Yes, because uh, in medieval times, bread was used as a sort of plate mat indeed. thing that you would put your food on. Hence why it's open top. Yes. And so you would have this fish and they would need okay we need to we need to preserve this so they would and at that time i think they they would mainly salt it and uh, or, or dry it out i think originally and then it's sort of progressed to pickling mm-hmm. and so this almost tradition of open top sandwich has been preserved in scandinavia and has s- spread through and developed and and diversified to this day in scandinavia and now there's a multitude of toppings you can have on open top sandwiches. And this is really where they come into their own because it is hugely centered, hugely centered around the filling. Or whether you can call it filling is you know interesting. Topping, perhaps. Topping, perhaps. But uh, you can have a, what's called leopostite, which is like liver pate. Leopostite, you can have okay. pretty much anything. And you can have it in about ten times the quantity you would be sort of socially acceptable to have on a normal sandwich. You can do a kind of Scooby-Doo thing, though, can't you? Where you take two slices of bread and you put ten times the quantity in between them and then you just open your mouth really wide and put it in. But I don't think I can unhinge my jaw. (laughs) Yeah, but Dan, if you're using a knife and fork anyway, does it make a difference? Well, you see, with a knife and fork, it also makes it more of a communal thing. You sit around, you eat a knife and fork, you don't get your hands messy, you you have a lot of flavour. There's so much flavour in that. Now, we'll have actual questions later, Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll have a speech in opposition in a moment, but I just want to say, um, as the host of of chair or whatever, or speaker or whatever it's called Mm -hmm. in this debate, I want to call you out on a factual thing. Right. Do you have any reason to actually believe that the Vikings invented sandwiches? Uh, because there are multiple conflicting sandwich in creation stories, Genesis, Genesis, as it were. Mm. Uh, one of which is the Earl of Sandwich thing. There's also a suggestion that sandwiches were invented in the Middle East quite a long time before the Vikings. Oh, I, I, it's possible that that one may have come before, mm-hmm. but even if it did, I think it might have been an open-top sandwich for the same reasons. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, I, there is some original Jewish scripture mm. that we could check out to see this, but... But also, I think my main point is that open-top sandwiches didn't develop 
from sandwiches with two slices of bread. They are their own independent lineage. Right. They are not a subset. They're not of the a subset. Sandwich. They are. They, they are stand in themselves. Proud. They are. If now, anything, an equal. I'm going to have to ask you to stop mm-hmm. talking um, because we haven't had a speech in the opposition yet. Yeah. Go on. Why is an open top sandwich not a sandwich? Well, just as a side point first, the idea of a communal sandwich disgusts me. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, well, Dan mentioned a few times about his shark filling. Mm. It can only, well, shark or fish or whatever. Uh, A point of information. It was herring. It's herring (laughs) filling. As a vegetarian, Dan shouldn't know that. Anyway, you can't have a filling without a top and bottom. It's just a topping. A sandwich, (laughs) as Jonathan mentioned, is supposed to grip the thing in the middle. It stops you getting your hands all over, I don't know, your fish or the whatever's inside the sandwich. It's So that's that's your case. Yeah. I have a question for both of you. If you have an open top sandwich and you put your hand underneath it and then you close your hand so the sandwich is wrapping around the food, does that become a closed sandwich? It becomes a sandwich, I would say, yeah. Right. In all fairness, you can't do that with rye bread. It would break apart. True. Or well, you probably couldn't do it with gluten-free bread either. Oh, yeah, it would true. be long broken by that point. So, uh, questions then. Dan, do you have questions for Ben? Or points or angry rants to make at him? <laughs> well, all the above. <laughs> it's, it's, I would like to question your... You haven't... You seem to be avoiding the filling to bread ratio. Do you not think a sandwich is better when it has more filling? Mm, but there are those people right. who would say that a sandwich is better when it's replaced with, like, an apple pie. But that doesn't mean that it's still a sandwich, you know? No, but if it Being has more better filling. doesn't make it more sandwichy. Right, what you could do, Dan, is double the amount of filling you put on your single piece of bread and then add more bread on top of that to make a sandwich. Yes, so the, the, more, the more structure would allow you to hold the bread better, the, the, the filling better. With right? the same amount of filling, my sandwich will always have a better ratio. Yeah, but if you don't use dry rye bread and use normal bread, you don't need the extra moisture from the filling. <laughs> you, you avoid the problem altogether. Filling's not just about moisture, though. It's about what you're eating. It is. But I, was, I, would, I would say both are indeed sandwiches, but I think the open-top sandwich is a more pure, better sandwich. I think you're mis- So you're saying not only is it a sandwich, but it is a better sandwich. Yes. Uh, ben, do you have any questions about his line of argument? Yeah, I think he's mistaking like, any use of bread for the creation of a sandwich. So he's sort of saying you can't have bread and it not be a sandwich. Like if you put something on top of bread, it's automatically a sandwich. Mm. I think that's fundamentally wrong. Mm. What about dipping bread in soup? Does that become a soup sandwich? Maybe. Doesn't <laughs> well, the bread is, the soup is sort of contained within the bread once it soaks in. Yeah, but it's on top of it. It's, a, <laughs> it's topped with soup. It's more of a pizza that's not quite cooked. Mm. Mm. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was dipping bread in soup, a pizza. That's, that's how you cooked. make. That's how you make pizza. Yeah. Dan, Dan, that's actually how you make pizza. You take bread, you dip it in soup, and then you cook it in a pizza oven. Yes. That's it. Who knew? Uh, well, any any more to say? Um, I, I would like to say that uh, Ben Fisk is a terrible person, and on that grounds, my sandwich is better. I think Dan's just angry because he always has to ride on the back seat. So you're both using ad hominem arguments here. Mm. Neither of you, in your final distilled conclusion, neither of you have included anything about the actual sandwiches themselves. No. Well, Uh, Dan's getting a bit crusty, which is ironic, (laughs) because he likes to skimp on the crust. Uh, Oh, (laughs) snap. I'm going to... So I need to award the the prize of best debated 
debater. I've seen the sandwich talk logo. It's got two halves. Well, no, that's no, no, no. That's a piece of bread cut into two. It doesn't necessarily have two halves. They go together. They're complementary slices. No, no, no. Because sandwich talk logo is two triangular slices of bread. Two, two, it's it's a rectangular slice of bread cut into two triangles. You don't put the filling in between the two triangles. That's not how you do sandwiches. Damn it, Ben. Damn it, Ben. For that argument alone, ah. I'm going to award Dan the Thank victory. You. There's your oh, handshake, Dan. Just... There's your handshake. Your arguments are awful. Get in. Uh, Tandemania, like and follow. Denmark, Denmark, Denmark wins. And so do you get to ride on the front seat now? We, we interchange on the Tandemania, like and follow. Yeah, okay, okay, a little introduction here. Tandemania. Uh, it's, the episode is drawing to a close, but we are going to do a plug for Tandemania and Nicole Spokes the Tandem, which is woman. Dan and Ben's collectively owned tandem, although maybe I've driven a wedge between the two of you now. Uh, a sand, sand wedge. wedge. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, Dan and Ben own a tandem called Nicole. They run a Facebook page for it called Tandemania. I'll link it when I put this up on Facebook. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, like, share, follow, subscribe, all the things that you and do. And likewise, Facebook. do the same to Sandwich Talk. Yeah, if you're not already subscribed, I don't know how you're finding this <laughs> currently, but subscribe. So, tell us a little about Nicole. So, Nicole is a wonderful woman. <laughs> we both had the adventure of travelling to Swindon to see our mutual friend Nicole for two, for two hours, where we uh, then picked her up, came back on the train. Literally picked her up. Literally picked her up, came back on the train, I've been enjoying her since. Oh, on yeah. many endeavours of the three of us. Yes, I've seen, I've seen the you two wandering around, uh, mm. riding, riding happily. Around. Around yeah, happiness on is the, the thing. It makes us happy. With uh, the honker. With the well, honker. Uh, so... <laughs> that's a good impression. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that even if I may have driven a wedge between you two in this kind of incident, this argument that we've had, uh, and the fact, that, the fact that Dan has won both the debate mm -hmm. and yeah. the sandwich fact competition... I'm all round superior. Su suggesting that he is a superior member of the duo... The human race. And I'm hoping that you two can find unity when you return to Nicole. Uh, I will never again break bread with Daniel Simonson. I mean, you guys. Damn, we will ride Nicole. <laughs> you guys eat different kinds of bread, and both of them break very easily. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're going. We're drawing towards the 47 minute mark on the recording right now, so I think we're going to have to draw this episode to a close. Uh, thank you, both of you, mm -hmm. for being on the show. Thank you, Dan, for coming on and being superior. Thank you. I am uh, superior. Thank you, Ben, for coming on and being inferior, but being a good sport. Oh, thank you, Jonathan, for the humiliation and the, the plug for Tandemania. Tandemania, like and follow. Tandemania, Tandemania, like and follow. Like and, follow. And, and as you like and follow Tandemania, I would just like to wish you all... And Very you Merry Christmas. A, a wonderful day and a wonderful sandwich. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs>